1: Down, 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 down,
2: Get your motor
1: running. Run Head out on the highway. Looking for adventure. And whatever comes our way. Yeah, <laughs> to be wild. Born to be wild.
2: Scene, we, we, yep, we didn't forget any
1: lyrics in there. No, I remembered them all. Yeah, let's go to the tape.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What's up, everybody? (laughs) How's it? Uh, welcome to another episode of the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Josh Lee Kwai, and I'm Jake Boss. So, Jake is here filling in for Jimmy today. Jake, one of our you're the post production supervisor here at Command Zone, directs a lot of episodes of Game Nights, does a lot of editing. Involved in everything we do. Also, Learned a big, best. Also, uh, you, you probably recognize him from Extra Turns. Although, I don't know if anybody recognizes you right now, no. Jake. No, I haven't. Uh, when I started Command Zone is when I grew the beard. Uh-huh. So, But you shaved it off for charity. I
1: did. Yeah. Uh, we were trying to make a goal and somebody donated 200 bucks to have me shave off my beard. So, worth that's it.
2: no-brainer. Totally worth it. Uh, especially since most of the time we're wearing the mask, so you can't even tell. Yeah, this is the time <laughs> to get courageous. <laughs> All right. You're not here to hear about Jake's Beard. Yeah, Uh, enough about that. We know you're here because Neon Dynasty is almost here, and it comes with two Commander Precons that are being released at the same time as the main set. So today we've got the honor of revealing one of them, and we're going to go through uh, all of the new cards in the deck. We're going to talk broadly about the reprints, reprint value. Um, It is an Azorius Vehicles deck called Buckle Up, and it has 15 new cards in it that we're going to show off. And and then of course, you know, everybody likes the stats and everything. So we'll do that portion as well. But before we get into it, if you're interested in this deck or any cards from Kamigawa and Neon Dynasty, the best place to go to get all of your products, magic, singles, anything at all, is channelfireball.com slash command. If you use that affiliate link when you order your stuff, you are not only getting the cards you're going to buy anyway, you're supporting this channel and all of the content that you enjoy. And we keep saying this, but it is true. Channel Firewall really is, they, they have this marketplace now, and it's really the best place to buy sealed product. I've noticed specifically has really good prices on there because all of the vendors on there are LGSs, so they get really good prices from the distributor on their sealed product. It's not just like buying singles from a regular person that's like selling it. Like, uh, like if you were selling, you could sell maybe on another marketplace, but on Channel Fireball, you need a business license, right? Right. And most of those places, they're in the WPN stores and things like that. So sealed product, very good prices, gets to you fast. They've got those good connections. Yeah, they got the, exactly. Um, and of course, once you get a hold of all that stuff. You are going to want to protect it, and Ultra Pro is the company we trust our own collections to. Here at the Command Zone, Jimmy and I have all of our decks in Eclipse sleeves. We put them in Satin Towers or Mythic Collection deck boxes. We use their dice. They have a new Eclipse dice, actually, that came out recently. we oh, yeah, been using those on game nights and stuff. Yeah, they look really good on camera, and in the era of Spell Table and all that stuff,
1: uh, dice that look great on camera are a priority.
2: Yeah, that's actually a really good point. If you're playing online or something, you want people to be able to tell what your dice say, and Eclipse dice are really, really good. So Ultra Pro making awesome products, as always. And of course, there's a final way to support all of our content, and it's directly if you go to patreon.com slash Command Zone. You get all kinds of perks, like uh, chatting with Jimmy, me, Jake. You're in there sometimes, too, on our Discord. We're in there each and every day, and of course, you also get to do things like watch game nights and extra turns earlier than the general public. Our patrons also recently have gotten access to um, some exclusive footage that we've been putting on there, some exclusive videos that are only available on Patreon. We do not release them on our main channel, so if you want to check out all that we have to offer, patreon.com /command zone. And of course, another perk is that we choose one patron every week at random and dedicate the show to them. And this episode is dedicated to Ethan Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Ethan, you rock. Okay, let's get into it without any further ado here. This is the buckle up Commander Precon from Neon Dynasty. We are going to be doing the deck reveal. We're not going to do an in-depth analysis of every card. We know you just want to sort of see them. We'll probably comment on them a little bit, um, but we will be doing our normal budget upgrade video for this um, deck in another video. So it'll be easy for us to get caught in the weeds and all the cool stuff, and we'll try to limit ourselves a little bit. We'll do our best, but we're magic players, so we're going to get excited, and there is some cool stuff in here. Okay, so there are 15 new cards in this deck, And that's something we've seen recently with commander pre-cons from... I I used to call these like set decks, the ones that come with the set. But they just kind of are commander decks now, right? Yeah, it's interesting that they
1: no longer have that packaging like you'd saw with like the Zendikar and Kaldheim decks. Right. It's all just in the main commander box now. And uh, I wonder how that makes somebody feel when they pick up that box now.
2: Yeah, it makes it feel like a commander deck. And I think with 15 new cards, they're way closer to... Because usually like 18 to 20 is what we have seen from like... C 20 or C 19 or the old school commander products. So this is very close to that There are three new legendary creatures in this box So that's again what we used to see from commander products Uh, two are in the colors of the deck Azorius and one is a monocolored commander so um, If you've been looking around online at all, you know that the box has been revealed and the main lead singer of the deck uh, Is Katori has already been revealed, but we'll read it here. Do you want to read it Jake?
1: Yeah, so Katori is a uh, Moonfolk pilot. It's one, a blue, and a white for a 2-4. And it has vehicles you control. have uh, crew 2. At the beginning of combat on your turn, target artifact creature you control gains lifelink and vigilance until end of turn. So that's kind of cool that uh,
2: they just have crew 2. But notably, that doesn't eliminate the old crew cost. Yeah, that's a good point that you brought up yesterday that I hadn't really thought about, but if you have, say, Smuggler's Copter or something, which, spoiler alert, is in this deck, it has a crew cost of one. Katori won't make Smuggler's Copter worse. It will not make it only have a crew cost of two. They just... Vehicles you control have crew two. They still have their old crew cost as well. So if they were lower you could crew it for the lower amount. if Hopefully that makes sense.
1: And then, obviously, as a 2-4, this makes it so that Katori can fly anything, like Poe Dameron.
2: Oh, yeah! <laughs> I can fly anything. Um Yeah, that's that's interesting and pretty cool. So if you've got a vehicle on the field uh, that was there since last turn and you play Katori, you're right. Anything you've got could be crewed by Katori. Now... It's interesting, at the beginning of combat on your turn, so this only happens on your turn, that was something we missed when we were first talking about it. Uh, Target artifact creature you control gains lifelink and vigilance until end of turn. Obviously, you know, from reading the card, it's supposed to be a vehicle that you give vigilance and lifelink to, which I think is a little bit awkward because it doesn't, you have to crew the vehicle, uh, so you have to tap a creature, which will not get the vigilance part. So Sure, your vehicle won't be tapped, but that's usually not as important because you'd have to crew it again anyway. This deck is going to need some untapped synergies probably later on in this episode, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. For this to be worth it. Yeah. I think Katori kind of pushes you in a way and uh, if you were building or adding pieces to the deck where you want vehicles that have like a high initial cost or sorry a a low initial cost but a high crew cost Mm -hmm. because it's sort of cheating of crew cost right so it doesn't do a lot if the vehicle already has a low crew cost it does more if the crew cost is like six or eight or something yeah something crazy up there yeah so you're probably looking for cards that cost less to cast initially but have a high crew cost uh okay let's go to the second uh legendary creature in the deck and uh, spoiler alert this is the card that i built my deck around for the upcoming Uh, Neon Dynasty episode of Game Nights.
1: And the animation for it is stunning.
2: Oh, yeah. So, another thing Jake (laughs) does here is he works with the VFX team and, you know, helps design and work on a lot of the animations we do for Game Nights. And, yeah, I've seen this one. It is dope. Yeah, let your imaginations run wild and tune in to Game
1: Nights when it comes out.
2: Yeah, Game Nights (laughs) is coming out at the time you're seeing this uh, in about, what, two weeks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we got some really cool guests for that one. So, all right, let's read the card, though. It is Shortakai Genesis Engine. Two, a white and a blue for an 8-8 legendary artifact vehicle. Oh, mama. Yeah, this thing is a mech. If you look at it, it is going to fight a kaiju at some point, probably. Um, Okay, sorry. It's got rules text. You pay one, tap it, and draw two cards, then discard a card. Create a 1-1 colorless pilot creature token with this creature cruise vehicles as though its power were two greater. And it has a crew cost of 8 and it says sure, Kai Genesis Engine can be your commander because normally it's a vehicle is not a creature unless crude. It wouldn't be able to be in your command zone as your commander, but it has that text which allows it. Lot going on here. Is this a good card? It seemed. I it's mean, it seemed
1: like kind of a good card.
2: <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, yeah, that seems great. I mean, it's four on the front end to to put out, but then pay one, draw the best card out of your top two, put one in the graveyard. Yes. So graveyard synergies. And create a one one token that is really good for a one cost effect on an artifact. Imagine it didn't have the crew or anything, and it was just like an artifact that said, "Pay one tap yeah. it, do that stuff." It would still be really good right and now it, and you can use it the turn that it comes into play because
1: it doesn't have summoning sickness just as an artifact right when it becomes a creature, it will right but you can
2: activate the turn that you drop it so very powerful and and the pilots are interesting because again play into the vehicle theme and Remember, the pilots, cr- they crew things as if they were three power when they're one ones. Mm. But if you increase their power, though, it'll you know, if they're two twos, then they'll crew as if they were four power. So you can really crew some big stuff that way. Uh, kind of overlaps obviously with what Katori's doing
1: yeah this is if you're playing short Kai as your lead singer you're really excited if you draw katori because that crew cost of eight is suddenly two bam i got an eight eight with vigilance now your life can do
2: anything right and then i can activate these yeah. two love each other and then there's one more legendary creature which is a mono blue one um and it is katsumasa the animator two blue blue for a three three moonfolk artificer with flying it has an activated ability, so you can pay two in a blue, and until end of turn, target non-creature artifact you control becomes an artifact creature and gains flying. If it's not a vehicle, it has base power and toughness 1-1 until end of turn, which is weird, but it says, at the beginning of your upkeep, put, put a 1-1 counter on each of up to three target non-creature artifacts. This is cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So you can obviously, anything that's not a creature uh, on your upkeep, you're going to Or sorry, not anything. You're gonna choose three of your artifacts that aren't creatures and put one one counters on them. So you put it on your mana rocks and you put it on your vehicles, right? You haven't crewed them yet, Mm -hmm. so they they are non creatures. And then Katsumasa can turn those into creatures. If they're vehicles, they'll just keep their power and toughness, and that kind of it's like three mana to crew them almost, but gives them flying. Uh, But also you can turn like your mana rock that you put a one one on or one one counter onto into, well, basically be a 2-2 with flying at that point, right? Because it would become a 1-1 with flying and then get the 1-1 counter that you put on it. But over time, you probably get 2-3-4 maybe play some proliferate, things like that. You can really turn your artifacts into beaters.
1: Yeah, this is a brewer's paradise because I'm sure people are already thinking about their Aetherflex reservoirs and their Ozoliths and all kinds of stuff that you can wake up and turn into something cool.
2: Yeah, I'm just thinking of all mana rocks because they provide mana to get you as many, so it's mana rocks, card draw, maybe a little proliferate and then, because a lot of times if you have too much mana, you're around being like i wish i could do something with all that mana yeah well you know there's a thing i can do with all that mana turn them into creatures and you know and over time i've been putting counters on them over and over so seems like a pretty cool deck
1: yeah in limited we love mana sinks but in commander not as much so this is a cool one to have now outlet. yep that makes a lot of sense
2: those are the three legendary creatures but don't worry there are a whole bunch of non-legendary creatures that are new cards uh that are just coming out in this pre-con the first one is Uh, we were talking about it later. We'll have you read it first. Okay. This
1: is aerial surveyor. It's two and a white for an artifact vehicle and it has flying and it's a three, four. Whenever aerial surveyor attacks, if defending player controls more lands than you search your library for a basic planes card and put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. And it has crew two. Put
2: it onto the battlefield hmm. We've seen this from white recently. They've been leaning to this a lot more where sort of you can equalize with an opponent that has more lands in play than you. Um, this is a sort of another version of that. I think it's a pretty good one. It's
1: pretty cheap for what it does. Like, you'd expect this around four mana in white. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that it's a 3-4 flyer, like flying in commander becomes relevant more often than we think it does yeah so the the crew two you know is an interesting way to balance like let's give this thing some stats aggressively cost it um and kind of make it awkward because vehicles can be kind of a dance yeah um but yeah this thing can't swing the turn that it comes in uh because it It will have sickness. it is affected by sickness. yeah
2: right so you're looking at like a turn four attack with this realistically, right? I mean, maybe right. you get a turn one mana rock of something, but in general, I'd say we usually get a turn two um, ramp of some kind. So on turn three, we have four mana. You play you play this, and then the next turn, you play something that can crew it and bash in, and you play it before you play your land drop so that... The first time is almost right. always you're able to get somebody that has more lands than you because you just haven't played your land drop yet. Unless and you and went,
1: we're in blue white too. Yeah, so it's pretty likely that we're just artifact ramp yeah. and not very much land ramp.
2: But yeah, so unless you went first, you almost always can like just do this and then play your land for turn. After that, it becomes a little bit tougher. Um, somebody has to be ahead of you. You have to have a green player that's probably land ramping or something. So I don't know. Would you play this? You know, again, we're not going to evaluate a ton, but like, does this look playable to you in general?
1: Yeah, I'm 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 interested in it. I'm interested to give it a try because it's a vehicle and it can hide from
2: some creature removal. Oh yeah, that's pretty interesting. Talking about hiding from creature removal, good segue, Jake. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, the next card is really cool. It's Imposter Mech. I love this card. One in a blue for a three-one artifact vehicle. It has crew three, crew three, but it says you may have Imposter Mech enter the battlefield as a copy of a creature an opponent controls, except it's a vehicle artifact with crew three and loses all other card types. So this is a really interesting clone. And at first read, I think it's like, oh, it's worse, right? Because yeah, this is lame. It, I it want turns, the thing. It turns it into a vehicle version of the thing. But then what you just said at the end of the last evaluation about dodges some creature removal. Yeah. So this can come in and become a copy of somebody's, you know, Oracle of Moldiah, right? That's exactly what I was thinking. Yes. Just an effect
1: that you want to have chilling out there, but it's going to get removed by something sometime soon.
2: But yeah, creature board wipe won't hit it. You don't care if Oracle of Moldiah is a creature, right? You just want to play an extra land and play lands off the top of your library so you can get that effect. So all you need is your opponent to have a creature consecrated sphinx. Yep. You know, so this kind of plays a little like phantasmal image, but sometimes better because it makes a thing that's actually harder to get rid of.
1: Yeah, it's an artifact, too, so there's plenty of uh, cheap uh, artifact-cheaper uh, cards, you know, to yeah, lower that. those costs. Mm-hmm. And uh, things in this deck in particular that can bring back artifacts from the graveyard,
2: uh, like, there's a lot of artifact love out there. Yeah, so. yeah, so I really like this card a lot, I think it's powerful in general, not just in a vehicles deck, I think we're going to see this one sort of as another phantasmal image, or, yeah, or, yeah. yeah. All right. The next one uh, you said was your favorite card of the new cards. Listen. Is that true? Uh, or am I just sticking it's, <laughs> it? <laughs> Emotionally, it's my favorite. I know that this is not a great
1: card, but I'm excited by tokens anytime. Access denied. It's three blue, blue for an instant counter target spell. Create X11 colorless stopter artifact creature tokens with flying where X is at spell, spell's mana value. We've seen this a lot. We've seen this with spell swindle. Right. Uh, confirmed suspicions kind of is like sure. that. But. Uh, I I love stuff like this because it gets me a lot of tokens and I like to use tokens for things that they're not made for Mm -hmm. so that's why it's exciting to me but five mana and you're not really sure what it is how much value you're going to
2: get out of it it's kind of a risky include five mana counter spells are pretty tough we've seen spell swindle which is like a mana drain variant just not be that great you yeah. know jimmy and i thought it was gonna be awesome and then it turned out to be you never really see it you have to have a lot of instance in your deck for a card like this to be playable because you have to have other options because you don't know if anybody's going to play a spell that's large enough that this you're willing to spend right. five mana to you know because for the extra three mana right counter suppose costs about two mana and that's what we're willing to pay for the extra three mana you have to get enough one one thopters that, that feels like a good deal mm-hmm. so what do you have to get probably two or three honestly i would want at least four out of something to feel good about it yeah so yeah and we're in a world we've been talking about a lot where just the cmcs of decks are lower people are playing less like seven drops and stuff so you're less likely to sort of catch a really huge break with this yeah yeah at at five
1: mana in this deck you want to be doing something else
2: yeah but i think in a deck where there are a lot of instances this could be good because you just go oh nobody casts anything big i'll do this other thing all right the next one is cyber drive awakener five and a blue for a four four artifact creature construct has flying, says other artifact creatures you control have flying. When Cyberdrive Awakener enters the battlefield until end of turn, each non creature artifact you control becomes an artifact creature with base power and toughness 4 4. Holy moly. Yeah, so it gives everything, f- well, it turns everything into creatures, oh, sorry, all your artifacts into creatures, and gives them flying. <laughs> just for a turn but this is a game this is a finisher right yeah you don't drop this until you're ready to win the game
1: and by the time you've done that you've got so many cool artifacts out there and everybody says what on earth
2: deck are you playing and then you go the one where I kill you with flyers oh, bam. also dunk. also you could just go dockside extortionist that's true and then I have 27 treasure turn them all into four fours with flying I win oh my god yeah, treasure could, is everywhere yeah so, hold on to those treasures. You you got to be really careful if somebody's got a lot of treasures, clues, f- or clues food, stuff like that. Uh, a card like this will just, will just win. Uh, all right, the next one. Next one is
1: Iron Soul Enforcer. It's four and a white for an artifact creature, human samurai. Whenever Iron Soul Enforcer or a commander you control attacks alone, return target artifact uh, card
2: from your graveyard to the battlefield and it's a four-four. Graveyard to the battlefield and no CMC restriction. We're used to yeah. seeing that on white. This is any artifact, and I like that it says or a commander you control. Right, so so you don't have to wait. It, It doesn't have that ETB
1: of Sun Titan. But it does let you use it the turn that you play
2: it. Yeah, it's only artifacts, so I don't know. Like sometimes you can get lands, which is a pretty big deal. That's true. But still, yeah, I, I agree with you. You play this and an attack with your commander, you get the trigger, and you're cheating mana cost. Like if you have something huge or crazy that's an artifact in your graveyard, it's coming onto the battlefield. Yeah, that's nutty. Yeah. So I actually think this card is pretty good in the right spots. Um, yeah, the you're. I wouldn't count on getting a lot of triggers from it, but the one can be enough, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, four and a white is kind of a lot, but it's a four-four body. But you know, yeah, it's it's worth and checking they, out. They do kind of got to get rid of it. Yeah, like you attack, you get an artifact back on the battlefield. They're not going to be like, well, let's just let them get another artifact back next turn. Yeah. So yeah, they're going to have to put a stop to it. So that Even actually meteor can be golem. advantageous. That yeah. like yeah, yeah, meteor golem. Oh boy. That's a good one. Uh, Meteor Golem with a sack outlet. And, just... and then you're just looping it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got a few more left. The next one is Kappa Cannoneer. Five and a blue. Six mana for a 4-4 four, four Turtle Warrior Artifact Creature. <laughs> the turtles will rise up. Yep. It's a turtle with a cannon on its back, kind of, or maybe a jet engine. Anyway. It looks like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like from Kung Fu Panda, the, the Master Shifu or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's a six mana, 4-4, four, four, five and blue has improvised, though. Your artifacts can help cast this spell. Each artifact you tap after you're done activating mana abilities pays for one colorless or one generic of this. Uh, it has ward four, so if you target if it gets targeted with anything from, from your opponents, they have to pay four more counters that think targeting it. Uh, and then it says, whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, put a 1-1 counter on Kappa Cannoneer, and it can't be blocked this turn.
1: And that's not limited to this once per turn stuff that we've been seeing lately either. So that's going to be anytime I get a treasure in, it's going to be boom, 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 boom. And, uh, if somebody plays this on game nights, we're gonna have a lot of work to do in the animation of it. <laughs>
2: oh boy! No, just <laughs> bloop, 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 bloop.
1: it'll just keep triggering. It's one of those Tori Muller things.
2: to do. Well, oh yeah. Once again, Dockside Extortionist looks pretty good because it doesn't say non-token artifact. Right. Smothering tithe with this, pretty good.
1: And uh, the ward for does doesn't say hexproof. Okay.
2: Right. But it certainly close. might mean it. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty close. Four is a lot. Yeah. Uh, so this thing's going to get big, fast, and be unblockable, and you're going to want to put it in a deck with a lot of artifacts anyway, because the Improvise right. seems like it could be a bit of a beater. Yeah. Um, all right, then it's your turn, I think, to read. We've got how many left? One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, no number. Okay. Organic Extinction.
1: It's eight white, white. Holy crap. It's a sorcery with Improvise. Uh, destroy all non-artifact creatures. So again, we can reduce the cost with our artifacts.
2: Yeah. So if it's an artifact-heavy deck... This destroys all of your opponent's creatures and hopefully not yours. Yeah,
1: hopefully. Um, when all of your vehicles are awake, too, because you can already crew your dudes
2: and, you know... I like the idea of vehicles being awake. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to asleep. Yeah, uh, my either way, they can be the awake or asleep, but either way... They're not going to die because they're either not creatures or they're artifact creatures. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's interesting to see another board wipe out there. I'm sure that this is really useful in that deck, like whatever that deck is. But yeah,
2: it's the deck that has like, you know... what almost all of your creatures are artifact creatures, right? There, yeah. There's
1: definitely a deck that loves this, but we have so many board wipe options now.
2: It this could be a really good border wipe option in a deck that just doesn't have a lot of creatures and just playing a lot of artifacts mm-hmm. as something that I'm just going to cast for a white white and we'll destroy even if it said destroy all creatures, I'd still play it just because my deck doesn't have a lot of creatures. That might be a thing. All right, So the next one is Research Thief four and a white for a three three artifact creature, four and a blue. Josh, sorry, four and a blue, four and a blue. Did I say white? You did my bad. Uh. Four and a blue for a 3 3 uh, artifact creature, Moonfolk Wizard, has flash and flying. And it says, whenever an artifact creature you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Huh. I think this reads pretty good. And then you start it thinking. <laughs> and then you go, hmm, but what about Biden of Thassa? Yeah. What about Coastal, coastal Piracy? piracy. Yeah. yeah. What's the cycling one that came out recently? Whatever that one's called. There's a lot of this effect, and its I know this has flash and flying, so you can flash it in. It should get in the next turn, draw you that card. Um, Moldrifter also costs five mana and just draws you two cards with no attacking. It doesn't have flash, but uh, I, I just feel... And this is restricted to only artifact creatures doing the thing. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we kind of see... This is, again, the that deck... Uh, uh, syndrome where this works really well in the deck that it works really well in but pretty know, narrow. Yeah, that's probably the, the the course of development in magic is a lot more of that
2: deck type cards, narrow stuff, yeah.
1: All right, next card, Universal Surveillance, it's X blue 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 for sorcery with improvise, draw X cards. I'm kind of
2: interested. I think it's all right. I know you're kind of cool on this card. It needs instant it needs instant speed to be yeah, good. It does, yeah. Yeah, just Brain Geyser already kind of exists. I know this has improvised, so maybe in some spots is a little better, but the Sorcery Speed has made me take out Brain Geyser out of most decks, and, and I'm pl- I'll play Stroke of Genius because instant, so you can kind of wait and see if anything scary happened, and then on your end step you feel safe to like spend all your mana because you're about to untap. Right. So I think this would probably be too good if it was an instant, though, so they ha- kind of had to build it this way. I think that's a really
1: good point is the play pattern with a card like this is you want to get maximum value out of it, so you pass the turn, hold up all your mana, and then... Bam, slam dunk this spell onto
2: the table. Right.
1: Um, and everybody thinks you were gonna counter something, but really
2: you wanted to do this all along. So you're saying if you have a Dalkan Orrery or a line of anticipation <laughs> in your deck, then maybe you should play this card. Okay, it's saying? always the same thing with you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the next card is pretty juicy. This is pretty spicy. This is probably my favorite one of the whole in the whole box. It's drum bellower. Two and a white for a two-one, creature spirit okay with flying it says untap all creatures you control during each other player's untap step oh so it's white seedborn muse i know it's not exactly the same because seedborn muse is all permanence but also costs five mana this is only three it's i mean a little awkward with our vehicles that says <laughs> you can't
1: crew it well, the thing that crewed it, though, gets to untap. Right, so the guy gets to jump
2: out the car, but the car is now asleep. Well, no, the, you just, you don't tap the card. It works with Katori really well, because they have Vigilance. Mm-hmm. So you attack with Vigilance, then you untap on their turn, the whatever piloted it or crewed it, and then it can crew it again, and so you kind of get... Yeah, what, exactly. What, like, whatever, with Katori, whatever. that's
1: cool. Yeah. yeah. But that's not the deck that you're excited about this card for. No, it's this with,
2: like, <laughs> Mana deck. Dorks and stuff is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Or, like, somehow adding white to my Tim deck so that, you like, every turn you can do that. yeah, that. Or the Mara
1: Tandris, the oh, Tappy yeah. one. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I love tap effects and so just being able to, yeah. Everybody's turn. It's not just, you know... It's everybody's untap step you're untapping. Yeah. Yeah. He
1: was very seriously considering adding white to the Tim deck just for this card. What do you mean was? I am. Uh,
2: yeah, okay. I'm still thinking about it. I probably will. Yeah. Maybe I just go full five color now. <laughs> we got to finish the podcast. Okay. Y'all. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> All right. We got two left. Two new cards. All right.
1: Next one is release to memory. For three and a white, it's an instant. Exile target opponent's graveyard. For each creature card exiled this way, create a 1-1 one, one colorless spirit creature token. I kind of like
2: it. Yeah, this is interesting, and it's right on the edge, right? Because it's four mana, yeah. but it is an instant, so you can hose somebody when they go to target something uh, with like a reanimation spell of some kind. Yeah, this is like a lot of effects put together. Yeah, uh, so
1: we we're really easy uh, to start imagining uh, like a Carador situation right. where we're like, yeah, against that deck could be amazing, or against right. this player, in my play group, it's great. So
2: so long as they're bringing out those decks, but it's I not. Say, a I think box. most pods have. Almost every pod you play in will have some amount of graveyard recursion going on, Mm -hmm. even if there's not, like, a dedicated graveyard recursion deck, although those do exist, so you're going to be in pods sometimes where, like, that is what the deck is doing, in which case this is a silver bullet against them sometimes, but I do like the fact that, like, even in situations where, okay, nobody's really playing around with their graveyard much, it does have a use, it will still give you the 1-1 tokens for, you know, now stuff has to die and get in the graveyard and... At instant speed, too. So somebody might be coming at
1: you for the win, swings at everybody for exact season, oh. you got another turn.
2: Yeah, and you go, boom, I create, you know, exile your graveyard create 4 one ones, and I live. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it
1: looks like you're going to need six to kill me. Yeah, that would do it, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, oh, okay.
2: <laughs> They're like, oh, I'll attack you with seven just to be safe. Boom, create four blockers. Ah, so I think this is okay, but four man is a lot, so yeah. it's not going to go in maybe every deck, but I think people don't play enough graveyard hate, and this... And the reason is because it feels really bad when it's not useful. Like, you're like, well, what if there's no... I don't need that. At least this does have sort of a second use as, like, the creating the tokens.
1: Yeah, a four-mana instant speed, raise the alarm.
2: Yeah. Whatever, okay. But if it hoses a graveyard, right, when somebody's going to use their graveyard to, like, defeat you in some way, that could be great. Because people go, like, Snapcaster Mage or Torrential Gearhulk or something. You're like, no, let's not do that. Okay. Uh, This is the last card? No, we got... Yes, this is the last card. This card is cool. All right. This is interesting, yeah. You liked it more than I did at first, and I think you brought me up on it. I'm excited about it. It's called Swift Reconfiguration. One white mana for an enchantment aura with flash. Right. Enchant creature or vehicle. Enchanted permanent is a vehicle artifact with crew five, and it loses all other card types.
1: So this is everything we loved about Impostor Mech at instant speed. It's an enchantment. So in my Enchantress deck, I'm drawing cards. I'm hiding my th- Like, imagine somebody drops a removal spell or a board wipe that says, destroy all creatures, destroy all enchantments. But bam Guess what? Sith is, is now a vehicle. You can't target it. Right. So he jumped straight to the clever usage
2: of the card, which is target your own creature. Yeah, I, I kind of got ahead of ourselves <laughs> there. But, <laughs> but bam, we it's got so excited. so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, I didn't really think about that. Because yeah, it, was it just, looks like a removal spell. Yeah, I mean, I think it is, right? I think primarily, Probably. that's the primary usage, which is they have a big scary creature and you make that creature, that creature hard to utilize yeah, by like, saying you have to prove Oolmog five of it. Blightsteel Colossus. Or Blight Steel, yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff. They're like, you're like, okay, that thing's going to attack. It's going to do some damage. It's going to suck. And you're like, boom, put this thing on it. Now you have to crew five it just or to get it going, which a lot of times will... You clear we'll, a path on the blockers too. Yeah, which a lot of times will make it so that they can't attack with it this turn, which is kind of all you need. But I like the fact that it does have this backup usage, which is people go to like board wipe, You go, okay, cool. My key creature, whatever that is, I'm gonna turn it into a vehicle. So it's not a creature right now, hasn't been crewed, and it will not dive, you know, to your supreme verdict or whatever.
1: It's just like in Spider Man where Tony Stark is scolding Spider Man and then guess what? I'm not even here, I'm on vacation swift it's reconfigurations just like that <laughs> yeah it is i've seen the film
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah somebody goes to path to exile your thing you can also just be like boom i yeah. turn it into a vehicle artifact do uh does path of exile can does it work on artifacts no it does not it has to be a creature so this fizzles yeah i, I it so it kind of can serve dual usage i do like that for one mana that feels like a card we may see more often than i originally thought yeah i think it's nifty okay so um that's... Oh, oh, no. We wanted to do a little vehicle analysis on this deck, and I want to thank Truck, my assistant, for helping us with a lot of the um statistics and the research for this deck. So, before Neon Dynasty, there were only 38 commander-legal vehicles, of which 34 can be played in an Azorius deck. So, the main uh, Neon Dynasty set has now been revealed and has another 13 vehicles, 12 of which can be played in an Azorius deck. So, in total... There are 49 commander legal, legal vehicles that can be put into this deck. Now, of course, some do already come in the deck because, you know, it's a precon, and we just talked about 15 new cards, but there's a bunch of reprints, and that is how we segue into our reprint stats where we go over the value of all the reprints in the deck, and that's one of, I know, everybody's favorite parts. How much value is packed into the buckle-up precon? Well, don't get excited just yet. We're going to take a quick break here, a message from our sponsors. We'll be right back with all those stats, though. All right, we are back. We are talking about the Buckle Up, the blue-white uh, Neon Dynasty Commander Precon that's built around vehicles with Katori at the helm. We didn't talk about this in the last section. It's possible that it might be better to run Shorakai as the commander of this deck right yeah, out of the box. Sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that that value is just insane. And Shorakai also works with all your vehicles because it makes those pilots, which are basically doing what Katori is doing anyway. So the question is, would you rather... Draw two and discard one or have lifelink and vigilance on your vehicle.
1: Uh, I think one hundred percent. I want to be drawing cards, especially in a Bricon. Are you kidding me? I yeah.
2: I need bodies on the field. I need I need to hit my land drops, I need to find my best cards. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, now let's go into we're about to go into reprints, but we're gonna go real quick into G-G-G. stats. stats stats stats. The deck stats. Pretty good on this one. There are ten ramp cards in the deck, thirteen card draw cards. Nine targeted removal and two board wipes. Uh, This is really lining up with the new commander deck building template and how we've kind of leaned towards more targeted removal, less board wipes. I think the ramp's teeny bit low, but it's what we used to like in the, uh, I'll call them the old days. I think now we want somewhere more along... 12 to 14 ramp cards but it's in the range right yeah no i think it's
1: interesting um, that these stats are so aggressive i really actually like the balance of targeted removal versus board wipes yeah um it's just that's the way the whole format's been leaning right it is yeah and i think when you're when you consider the pre-constructed deck you know i don't if i recommend this deck to my cousin who's mm-hmm. getting into this game i don't want him to have three board wipes in hand and be like do i just Kill my whole thing right, I've been working right. toward. And also,
2: I think, you know, in the old pre-cons, it could feel like, oh, they played this, and I just had nothing in my entire deck that could do anything about it. Right. And now you have answers to stuff, so that that, that feels good. I like the balance. All right, uh, other related stats. There are 55 artifacts or artifact support cards in the deck. There are 18 vehicles or vehicle support cards in the deck, 15 actual vehicles. And there are five graveyard recursion, like bring your artifact back stuff, which is a little low for the Shorakai argument, but still. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know. That seems all good. Seems like it's properly weighted, right? It's very yeah. artifact heavy.
1: It's It's got to be really hard to balance a vehicle's deck. Yeah. And to figure out how many uh, regular creatures am I going to need to be able to crew these suckers, and
2: I think that's why Shorakai is kind of a short thing. Yeah, because it's just going to, yeah, move you through your deck and let you find your best cards. Okay. I know, I know. Everybody's waiting for financial value. Ba-ba-ba-ba! we are on the financial value section. Congratulations. All right. Remember... All prices we're going to talk about here are taken prior to the deck being revealed because we don't have a time machine. So we're the ones revealing it. We can't really do this at the same time as the time we're revealing it. All right. But we always do this so we can compare the past prices to the current ones because we always take the price from before the decks are revealed. The total reprint value of this deck, hold your breath, breath, everybody. It is $53.42. The crowd goes mild. The crowd goes mild. I think even worse, I think there's probably like a, a disappointment from that yeah. number. It's low, right?
1: Yeah, it's not good, especially since, you know, the expectation is that the price will probably go down,
2: maybe. Oh, it's definitely going to go down uh, as far as the reprint value, right? Because as soon as you announce that you are reprinting a lot of this stuff, the price of it goes down. So, I mean, remember, we have to be clear that price. Does not take into account the new cards in the deck, and there are fifteen yeah, there's a lot of, them. of them. Yeah, so th- that could bring the value of the deck up after. Um, yeah, you know, all said and done, we just again because the cards just got revealed. What? 10 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> we don't know the, what the prices on those cards are going to be.
1: Yeah, but like a lot of those slots just might be taken by these new cards that don't get the, a reprint value assigned to them.
2: Still, so. we do this all the time. And every time we do it, we only calculate the reprint value. We don't cal- calculate in the new cards. And usually here's what the reprint values kind of look like. Right. For Commander 2019, the average reprint value of those decks was $80. For Commander 2020, that was the Aquaria Commander. The average reprint value was $96. For Commander 2021, Strixhaven, the average reprint value, $88. For Commander 2021, the Forgotten Realms Commander Precons, the average reprint value was $115. Holy moly. For the Midnight Hunt Precons, lest you think it was only Commander product we were talking about before, right? This is set decks again. Yeah. Midnight Hunt Precons, average reprint value, $103. So, fifty three forty two. this deck is way on the low side. In fact, we checked since we've been doing these stats, this deck has the lowest reprint value of any precon ever. Huh. The previous worst was Spirit Squadron from Crimson Vow, which was $56.06. Uh and the worst before that was Phantom Premonition from Caldheim, which was $61.35. You might need some soul searching here to ask yourself, why am I buying
1: this deck? Because for me, I think the convenience fee of a little bit lower reprint value uh, for a deck that's, you know, assembled and ready to go out the box at a certain power level. Mm -hmm. I think that's worth something, but at the same time, you know, history, this doesn't line up with it.
2: Yeah, I'm disappointed by the reprint value, and I thank Wizards of the Coast for allowing us to preview this deck and, uh, you know, show it off to everybody. But I'd be remiss if I said that $53.42 was acceptable because it's not. And it would be so easy to fix it. You could fix it with a singular card. Like, let's just right. imagine we found, like, a 25 or $30 card, like Vidal Orrery, let's say. Just replace one of the low-value reprints in this deck with that deck, and all of a sudden we're up to about 80 bucks, and everybody's fine and happy. You know, whatever the equivalent of that is, or two, you know, $15 cards, mm-hmm. it's easy to fix this number. And honestly, I don't think you could, th- you could hit the randomizer on Scryfall. Uh, how many reprints are in this deck? 51. I don't think you could hit the randomizer on Scryfall that many times and come up with a lower value. Mm-hmm. total than this like just by accident you would find like a $20 card an $8 card so it seems almost like on purpose and I understand that vehicles themselves are underutilized sure. yeah but that, that argument kind of falls apart if you say well Vidalcan Orrery would just make the whole deck better yeah just replace one of the support cards you don't have to replace uh, there's a vehicle. bunch of
1: cards not just Vidalcan Orrery yeah that could easily be printed into this deck that would make the deck better like that's just like a good stuff card
2: yeah so I think you know precons are still cool and always a cool idea if you like the deck um, archetype and everything. But yeah, that reprint value I just don't think there's any way to color it, but besides just disappointing. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about the major reprints in the deck, though. there is, um, We always break it down into cards that are $5 or more and then cards that are $2 or more. Uh, We can't go into every card from the deck. There will be a link in the show notes to uh, a WOTC webpage, which will have the full deck list. Mm -hmm. But we're going to hit the highlights here. Um, There is only one card in this entire deck that, again, before we reveal the deck list, was worth over $5. And it is...
1: Mirage Mirror. It's a neat card. I mean... It's kind of fun. It's a really good card. You've been dunked on by this card before. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, this is a very good card. I think probably not enough people play it, despite us sort of championing it for many years now. Yeah. About $6 at the point where we're recording this. Um, that's it, though. That's, I wouldn't have expected that card to be worth more because it's so good. But. Right. It's from a, a modern set, though. There was a lot of print, and it was a rare, not a mythic, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, for comparison, the Midnight Hunt Undead Unleashed precon had four cards over five dollars. Yeah, this has one.
1: Yeah, it's not great.
2: Yeah, okay, let's go into cards that are two dollars or more. There are seven of those. Um, Psy, Master Thopterist makes sense. Makes uh, one one flyers. Mm-hmm. It's an artifact payoff. Uh, Felwar Stone. Oh, sorry, Psy was about four fifty. Felwar Stone two dollars and eighty cents. Generous Gift, 280. I'm glad to see that get reprinted because that goes in like a lot of decks. Hard to believe that's so high. Yeah. Spire of Industry, $2.67. Smuggler's Copter, 265. Emery Lurker of the Lock, 260.
1: Man, Smuggler's Copter being that cheap is funny. Like, yeah. I remember after my first big editing job, I went out to go buy my playset of Smuggler's Copter before the ban. Right, because then it got banned and, from standard. It was like 20 nope. bucks each. Yeah.
2: <laughs> $2. Um, so that's all seven cards that are over $2. For comparison, the Crimson Val Vampiric Bloodline Precon had 10 cards over $2. Uh, I will say that uh, Soul Ring and Arcane Signet sometimes make these lists of over $2, but they've been reprinted enough now. They're both about a buck fifty.
1: That's a good so, problem to have.
2: Yeah, so two years ago, the same list might have those two cards on it, though. I'm going to read the deck contents here because I think it will give us a clue also as to why the reprint value is so low, which is a head scratcher. So the deck contents are 15 new cards... 51 reprints and 30 Ooh. basic lands. Wow. 30 basic lands? I Three, think it's zero? interesting.
1: Okay, so I think we looked at it and there's one land that comes in tapped. In it's Temple of
2: Enlightenment. Yeah, there's a few dual lands, but not many, right? Because if you've got 30 basic lands in the deck, there's like six or seven, maybe five. Because you're going to have thirty around 36, 37 lands in the deck that are lands that aren't basics
1: like they certainly could have included uh, lands that come in untapped that are dual lands uh, like the Battle for Zendikar land but I think this might be a very clear eth-
2: I think effort. they did have the Battle for Zendikar the, the havelands lands I think they oh, did have word, that one stream it? I think it's in there but yes they could have done like well if you're only at $53.42 on your reprint you know, amount. Why not put a pain land in there? Shoot, you could have right. a shock land. You could have a hollowed fountain in this thing, and it would still only be like a seventy dollars value for the deck, right? You
1: could right. right. Do- they printed that in the brawl decks, even like so, they're willing to
2: do that. Yeah. So so they'll like what's the last deck you built that wasn't mono even a mono color deck usually doesn't have 30 basics right 30 yeah like you'd have some utility lands in there you usually have a lot you know yeah like
1: if the argument is that we want lands that come in untapped I don't think it holds up
2: there's so. plenty of choices that will still meet that criteria but also be like utility lands and useful things 30 basic lands just feels like that's one of the causes of the problems for why this deck's reprint value is so low so disappointed by that basic land count I think the new cards a lot of them are cool i'm excited about that um the one that untaps all my creatures on everybody else's turn uh but yeah the reprint value is just hard to get past I'm i'm, I'm pretty disappointed by it yeah
1: I, I think that the uh artifact uh nature of this deck might be why we see less dual lands or why we're justifying not putting those dual
2: lands in there well, no because i'm not i'm not saying this is a good idea yeah yeah no I, i'm actually saying that's interesting that you said that. I didn't even think about that. But you want less basics in a yeah. deck that has more artifacts because you need less color. Yeah. So you can have more, you know... Oh, utility lands, Utility right. lands that just, like, you know, inventor's fair and stuff like that. You can afford to run more of that stuff. Command because Beacon. Yeah, you don't care as much. And, and some of those are worth a dollar or two and could bring our reprint value up. So, yeah, it's a real head-scratcher that this is the mana base that they chose to go with this thing, especially when the reprint value was already a little bit low. So... Anyway, that is the deck. You can find the, or that's not the whole thing. All the rest of the reprints will be listed uh, in the show notes. There'll be a link in there if you want to check them all out. Uh, To the listeners, what do you think of this deck? Are you excited about it? Are you excited to build a vehicles deck? You know, something we kind of glossed over a little bit was, yeah, there wasn't really a vehicles commander right. uh, before this. I guess there was, um, what's the dwarf one? Depaula. Yeah, De-Pala. Um So, there wasn't one that had white and blue. So, that's pretty cool. I think I like that aspect of it. And yeah, you the,
1: really want that blue for the untappiness.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, blue. because tapping is such a large part of crewing and vehicles. So, but anyway, we want to know from you out there what you think of the deck. What cards, uh, what new cards do you think slot into this deck or, or old cards? Like, if you were going to Build around Katori or Shorter Kai a whole deck. Hey, put in the comments what you would want to put in that deck because we're gonna be doing budget upgrades soon and we could use the help. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a confusing deck. I think head scratcher is definitely the word.
1: Like I, I would say I don't know what I expected.
2: <laughs> when I built my Shorokai deck for game nights, I will say that it is hard to build a vehicles deck. Yeah. Like as you get into it, it's like because there's a lot of moving pieces to what you want to do and getting a proper balance and not being like, well, what if if I don't draw this part of the deck, then my deck will just sit there? Like It it, it makes it pretty tough. It's a lot of, like building like an equipment deck. Yeah. Um, all right. If you want to get your hands on the buckle-up deck or there is another Commander Precon, uh, I'm not sure how much of it at the point you're watching this has been spoiled, so we won't spoil anything. But there are two. Uh, you can order those. If you want to get a collector's booster or a draft booster, set booster, anything like that. If you want to just uh, pre-order singles, from these cards, which might be a good idea from this deck specifically, channelfireball.com slash command is the place to go to get all of your magic stuff and any gaming accessories and things like that you want. They also have that. Their new marketplace is great. Uh, A lot of vendors vying for your business, keeping the prices low. You can also, and I, I always forget to mention this, but... If you don't remember to put in the affiliate link when you go to that page, you can put in the code COMMAND at checkout. Ooh. Which has saved me on a number of occasions, so uh, you're welcome, everybody. It really is that easy. Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then once you get those cards, make sure that you protect them. Ultra Pro is the company that we here at the Command Zone use and trust for our own personal collections to make sure that we're keeping our game pieces safe. You cannot beat the Eclipse sleeves. You cannot beat the Satin Tower deck boxes. They also have all the Neon Dynasty, the Kamigawa uh, themed stuff. So you you can get artwork on your sleeves from Kamigawa. You can get playmats, deck boxes, they all look that stuff. so cool, too. Oh, and, and yeah, this set has some of the best art we've ever seen, right? Yeah,
1: like when we're putting playmats together for game nights, I'm always thinking about, hmm, are we going color scheme and stuff? Crimson Vow kind of had that going on real nice, but Kamigawa is next level on the Ultra Pro Mats. Yeah, that
2: stuff was like you looked at all the art and you're like, this, I don't care. These are just all look amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now it's time for the end step. Oh, where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Jake, don't look so panicked, but it is your job. Oh, I'm not worried about this. To come
1: up with a cool thing. Uh, Well, as a creative, I can pull things out of my hindquarters very quickly. (laughs) And uh, so one thing that I love is, uh, you know, I'm a director here. Well, I know what you're going to talk about. Do you? Maybe I'm wrong. Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, as a director here at Game Nights, uh, we, you know, love reality TV. Oh, okay. Uh, and vintage reality is a genre that I'm coining. This is a new term that everyone will use. You're make me feel old. But um, basically, there's so much vintage reality TV on YouTube where it's uncensored because oh. they go back to the original tapes. Oh. Uh, so... And what show better to watch Uncensored than Hell's Kitchen or Kitchen Nightmares? But basically... So they don't bleep out Gordon Ramsay or whatever? Gordon Ramsay has not bleeped <laughs> out. And it's like watching know a, that brand was a new show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we've been watching a lot of that stuff because
2: it's uh, so much fun to like have context. Uh, Where do you find it on YouTube? Do you just type that in or is there a certain channel that's like...
1: Yeah. So the Kitchen Nightmares YouTube channel for a lot of reasons is really funny. Um, uh, I think every other day for the last year or so, they have a uh, Gen Z kid naming all the videos, so it's like, when the food's not bussin' <laughs> stuff like that. Um, so the Kitchen Nightmares YouTube channel, and I think there's a Gordon Ramsay YouTube channel, but yeah. Uh, if you're into vintage reality like I am. Did we have to call it vintage <laughs> reality? You do. These people were paving the way in a way that uh, we get to benefit on every single day. They deserve their credit. That We directly benefit off because yeah. Game Nights is a reality show. Yeah, we borrow conventions and you know like you watch the real world from 1993 those people were paving the way they really were for game nights <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know it at the time
2: all right uh big thanks to our amazing team here at the command zone arthur meadowcroft shauna gillis damon lens lady danger manson lung craig blanchett ashlyn rose josh murphy jake boss who's in to me patrick nan jordan pridgen sam waldo Garav galati jamie block evan limberger and mitch trafford and special thanks to truck tie for yep. compiling all the stats and helping us out with all the numbers and everything for this episode and also a shout out to jeffrey palmer for the living card animations that begin our show and often sit behind us here on set although sam waldo did this one uh but you can soul ring at the beginning yeah fancy so uh you can find jeffrey on twitter at living cards mtg all right jake thanks for helping me break it down thanks for having me thanks everybody out there for watching and we will see you next time peace Thank you for your attention. For
0: further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator.
1: Greetings, humans. <laughs>